dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Welcome to Blunt Business presented by USCCExpo.com. Thanks for joining us. Our guest this week has more than 15 years of corporate experience that includes executive bank management, along with a deep level of proven experience and demonstrated success in both the wholesale and retail cannabis sectors. And now he's taking a company from concept to a successful publicly traded operation. So with that said, let me allow me to welcome the CEO of Driven Deliveries, Inc., Chris Boudreau, here to Blunt Business. Chris, thanks for joining us. Good. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for uh, letting me join. I appreciate everybody listening in and the chance to, to join your show. Hey, our pleasure. Thanks again for making time for, to join us. A lot of great questions to ask you. So your great. company announced that it's expanding its California cannabis delivery program, and you will ultimately be serving the Bay Area, which includes uh, metro areas of San Francisco, Oakland, and Silicon Valley, Central California, and then Sacramento, Los Angeles, and all of Orange County, which Los Angeles is in. Talk to me about this expansion and what kind of setup you had to do to build up such a large, widespread region. There's a whole lot of ground to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so what we realized that, you know, I have been in the space a while. I've been in cannabis about 10 years now. And what we realized is that um, it's you've got this really fragmented uh, marketplace that's, that um, has more brands than it has retailers. And people will find a great product they really enjoy in one place and then they go home and they, uh, you know, if they're traveling or if they're out with some friends that they, they have a friend that has it and then they try to go to their local dispensary and they find that they can't find that product. It's very hard to source because most stores only have a small selection and everybody's carrying different products. And we recognize that, uh, on the flip side, brands are having a hard time making contact with consumers. Most of the stores aren't very sophisticated and it's hard to have, um, it's hard to get in front of a buyer, much less get a buyer to really listen to your pitch. And so we looked at this combination of the two and we looked at the bigger marketplace and we see that consumers want convenience. Consumers want something that's, um, you know, uh, simple and easy when it comes to cannabis. A lot of people want a little discretion. You know, there's some people that, that really can't because of their career or maybe their family name or some other reason they really can't afford to be seen in a store. And then about 11 of 11% of Americans are disabled. And a lot of people are looking for a more convenient way um, to get that cannabis. And so we looked at brands wanting more exposure. We looked at consumers wanting more um, consistency and the ability to find a broader range of products. And we realized there's a piece of the market that's, that's looking for something that's very similar to an Amazon model, where they don't necessarily need it on demand right now in the next 30 minutes to an hour, but they're willing to wait and get it the next day. And so we've set up fulfillment centers um, in a few parts of the state. And this month, uh, we will be going live with delivering brands uh, throughout most of the state. Now, California is a massive state. Yes. So to be able to cover all of California geographically is Oof. almost uh, almost unrealistic, I think, even for FedEx. But, um, <laughs> but we will be covering about 70% of the population of the state of California in the major metro centers. So we'll be covering the Bay Area, as you noted. We'll be carrying some parts of Central California, um, and we'll be covering Southern California uh, down to about San Diego. Um, and um, it will be next day, um, but um, you'll have a, an ability to get a, a bigger selection of brands than what you'd find in the store. 
and with a little bit more convenience and discretion. Now, your offer is to be a turnkey cannabis delivery solution, and you have 23 points of driven certified compliance when it comes to delivery services for dispensaries and brands like you mentioned. So give me an idea of what some of those points are. What is it that oh, that really creates that certified compliance that listeners should know about if they're getting deliveries from driven? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the laws and the regs, uh, the new regs that came out on January 16th, do have some tougher provisions in them. And to be fair, there's a lot of delivery companies in the U.S. or in, I'm sorry, specifically in California, of course, in the U.S., but uh, specifically in California that aren't adhering to those policies. And that creates a risk uh, for consumers because um, you might be getting a delivery from some group that's not legal, that's not compliant, that you haven't checked out to make sure that they're safe and they might get raided in your home. And that's, I don't think anybody wants that uh, as they're making a delivery. So it's, it's something that people need to be aware of and careful with as they look around. Uh, so what we did is we said, okay, hey, look, we're actually getting ready to open up a couple new states. Um, different cities have different requirements. And we looked at this really deep list of requirements all over and said, okay, what can we do to set a higher standard? And so we've actually adopted the highest standard of safety, uh, discretion, and um, really just trying to establish trust uh, that we've, you know, from any, any delivery group in cannabis in the U.S. And what we've done is we've got uh, camera systems that face outside the car as well as inside the car so that we can monitor the driver. Uh, we've got um, a refrigerated unit that goes in the trunk. It's hardwired, and then it's locked and sealed. And in addition to that, it's, it's locked in the trunk. So we've got redundant layers of safety on top of making sure that your product comes uh, uh, protected from the, uh, the weather conditions. Um, and then our drivers drive in discrete cars and um, our process is all digital. And so we have a very safe way of cloud-based storage uh, that allows a great amount of confidence for the consumer to know that their identification, um, all of their um, payment information, everything's kept safe and secret. Fantastic. <clears throat> now, one of the things that really stood out as well, because I've seen a lot of news coming across when it comes to driven deliveries, and this should really stand out, is that you now have the former CEO of Osmio. You might not know that name, but you've heard of the name Grubhub. They're part of your board of directors. <laughs> your new CEO right, was previously right. head of logistics at Facebook, worked at Amazon and Groupon. Well, that's system quite company. Talk to me about the impact that executives from a Fortune 500 or 1000 makes to a company like Driven Deliveries. How have you been able to bring them aboard? And, uh, you know, obviously they bring very similar qualities and a lot of things to the table from their previous experience. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we've been fortunate. We've been able to aggregate a really impressive board. And, um, you know, it took a little work. It took a, finagle, a little finagling, but we've been able to attract some, some very impressive, a very impressive group. And it is a little bit different. You know, we're, cannabis is evolving in a big way and everybody's seeing it. You're seeing massive fundraising. You're seeing uh, a new level of sophistication come to the industry. And we want to be one of the leaders in that way. And, and really in every respect, but uh, specifically also in how we uh, run the company and our corporate governance and the type of leadership we have in the company and um, uh, in how we maintain and present ourselves as not just a cannabis company, but a U.S. publicly traded company that's trying to set standards so that the rest of the industry looks good. Um, and so we've brought on these people, and it, you know, I'll be honest, it, it's interesting. It's the first time I've worked with uh, some people that are this sophisticated or that have this kind of experience and background, and, and it's enlightening. You get in the room and you sit down with them, 
and their experience, their sophistication, their wherewithal is definitely different. And they, they bring something different to the room. I mean, it's a, it's a higher level conversation. It's, it's great to have a team like this though, that the support, the um, information and the ideas that they bring to the table through their experience and through their knowledge is really great. As far as like on our actual operational team, you know, we've got guys like Jaron, who, as you mentioned, um, was the former head of logistics at Facebook. Prior to that, Jaron were um, two positions back. He was setting up fulfillment centers and overseeing fulfillment centers for Amazon. And when we were looking at this, we said, we really need to build a team and a feel and a look that's akin to companies like Amazon so that as we grow, not only are we modeling ourselves after the most successful groups, but, you know, to be fair, as a public company and as a company that's growing, we're going to be looking for capital and we want to look and feel uh, like uh, Amazon, like uh, Uber, like companies that are the leaders in the space that have had, uh, that have developed the best practices. And so bringing guys on like Jaron also adds a very different level of sophistication for us. And that's also been great. Um, it's, I, I feel really fortunate and uh, uh, really grateful to be able to work in a group um, surrounded by um, such so much talent, so much talent, good people, and the input that we're getting. Now we could talk about you know your the people on your board that are worked at Amazon, a Groupon, a Grubhub. But I'm not trying to take away any away from you being CEO. You did work in the banking industry. You were a senior banking executive. You did real estate investing. Uh, how about what you would able to contribute from what you have brought in coming into driven deliveries? I guess. Uh, because obviously, you know, the organization, the infrastructure is very important, but then that financial factor, plus I know that you do a lot of things. I know you were at an investor's conference not that long ago speaking at it. So yeah. obviously that investor financial startup end is quite important. I know you're deeply involved in that. So talk to me about that dynamic and how you integrate what you have learned, what you're still learning into what you're doing with Driven Deliveries. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for, for the kind words. It's, it's really nice. Um, you know, um, I uh, I don't like to quote people that get overquoted or that are overly popular, but there is a really great quote from Steve Jobs that I try to live by. And um, he once said, I don't hire great people to tell them what to do. I hire great people to have them tell me what to do. Right. And so um, um, I've got some good experience for sure. I, I would say I've got a really fantastic team, but you know, in, in regards to my experience, you know, by the time I was 34, I was the number two guy in lending for a bank and was doing uh, uh, a, a decent portion of the work and moving in the direction of being the chief credit officer for the bank. So I was very young and um, my bank went through a massive restructuring in during the financial crisis of oh, yeah. uh, 2008. Yeah, most people don't realize this, about, about 35% of all banks uh, went under. And so um, it was a really tough period. I was really young. Uh, you know, I was about 20 years younger than most people doing what I was doing. Right. And um, um, I didn't want to step back in banking, but at the same time, you had so many people available in the job market. So I, I didn't know anything about cannabis. Uh, I looked at the broader industry and I've been a pretty good economist and I, I could see where I thought this industry would go because you could see, if you really looked at it, um, you know, whatever it was, 10, 11 years ago when I started looking at it 12 years ago, yeah. you could see some parallels starting to, starting to form that were similar to the tech industry. Um, so... I took a chance, I got in, and so speaking a little bit more to, to my experience, I actually built the largest delivery business in cannabis um, uh, at the time, uh, after about a year and a half, 
and we were running through most of California. Um, I've sold that off. Uh, I also built some stores and I currently have about half of a licensed store in San Diego that's doing very well. And I also built a distribution company in cannabis. Uh, about four years ago, I could see that the industry was going to start coming together and developing and, and there wasn't the formal infrastructure that you should have in cannabis that you have in other related industries and, and distribution is kind of the backbone of it all. Always. You look at alcohol, you look at tobacco, you look at pharmaceuticals, you look at, you know, any, anything that you can think of food, um, everything's in the backbone of it all is distribution. And so I started one of the first distribution companies in cannabis, uh, the state trade organization, California Cannabis Industry Association. I've been chair of the distribution committee. I actually started the distribution committee. Um, and so I've, I've worn a number of hats in the industry and, and I've been very grateful and blessed to have had some great success in all the companies. Sold uh, my first distribution company to um, a, uh, a Canadian group. And um, I actually was starting another distribution company last year and Driven started to take off. And so I just, I just closed that down. Yeah. And, um, but I've, I've been grateful to have had, uh, to your point, um, not only some good historic experience outside the industry, but some, some really good experience in the industry as well. Well, I kind of imagine, I mean, I think of the movie, the big short, when I think about the banking crisis, there's other movies, of course, but I always think about the whole idea of how they talk about the subprime mortgages and the things that were being lent out and how, you know, just, People that were being allowed to go and have what they got, which and then the banks, with a little bit of reckless abandon, thought, well, they're never going to have to go ahead and you know have to be accountable for that, and it did, and it all came to pass. But I mean, that's not something that you had to deal with. It was just a matter of that you were, unfortunately, you were a victim of what happened to all these different financial institutions. But then to find your way back in, I mean, that's real entrepreneurial spirit to go into one business and to be so far ahead in your career to have this setback and be able to come back from it stronger and better than ever. And now, you know, working in a sector that is just growing and you'll be able to grow driven deliveries to be something really prominent now in the state of California, obviously much more to go. I know it's also Nevada as well. So working their way through. And also we got to talk about something that's really going to stand out. We'll come back for let's come to a break, Chris, but uh, talk about you uh, diving into the stock market. So, We'll talk more here with yeah. Chris Boudreau, CEO of Driven Delivery Zinc here on Blunt Business. But first, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. I talk about this for weeks and weeks. But I'll tell you, it's not just because I'm here to talk about it, because I'm a part of it. I get to work with speakers, and I get to work with, you know, the sales team. This wonderful team for USCC has been put together that are working really hard every day right now to put together a great show coming up August 3rd and 4th. In Miami, Florida, it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami where they were last year. Fantastic venue, wonderfully put. And I know that uh, people are looking forward to go ahead and joining again. Registrations are going nice and fluidly. We're getting a lot of passes being picked up. And you got to pick up yours. You don't want to miss the boat. You want to make sure to join us in Miami, Florida. Just a short plane ride. Come and join us in the sunshine and paradise and learn some great cannabis information and education Join thousands of interested professionals August 34th in Miami, Florida for the return of the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. You can learn more at usccexpo.com for more information, how to attend, speakers, agenda, all the good information you want to sponsor an exhibit, never too late, usccexpo.com. More with Chris Boudreaux of Driven Deliveries after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads? 
make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure, this is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Chris Brujol, CEO of Driven Deliveries here on Blunt Business. Now, Chris, you've been quoted as saying that Driven is the first publicly traded cannabis delivery company and with the outstanding talent already at Driven combined with my expertise, see, all works together, I truly believe the potential is limitless. Now, talk to me about the potential that public trading offers you and what prompted you to go on the first of the exchange. And I believe the stock, uh, the, the symbol is DRVD, correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, driven deliveries. So almost almost like it would, you would condense it if you were yeah. squeezing it down. Uh, DRVD. There we go. So yeah, you know, uh, what we've got right now is, uh, and I think a lot of people see this, is you've got so much excitement. Uh, you've got such an interesting marketplace right now, and everybody's wanting to invest. You've got a lot of capital coming into the space. And especially in the public markets, because the concern is, and you know, you've you've been in the cannabis industry yeah. for a while. You've got this historic clandestine uh, industry where it's really hard to know: oh, is this person true? Is um, you know, is what they're telling me true? Is their business really doing this well? There's there's no benchmarks, and everybody's been hiding all their numbers and, and hiding their you know everything they're doing. So it's, and, and even if you can find out about them, it's hard to tell. Okay, well, how is this relative to other businesses? because of this, you know, need to be uh, historically clandestine. And so people are gravitating, especially bigger money people are gravitating towards the public markets because there's so much regulation that they can get a comfort in knowing, okay, um, these guys have had to go through extensive audits. I can get my hands around the information that's presented because I know it's going to be accurate. And in addition to that, if there's something about it that I don't really like, I can just sell the stock easily. Where if you buy into a public company, um, you know, if you invest a substantial amount, you invest a million, a few million, um, if it's privately held, you might not have an ability to sell your portion of that company. You know, if the company's not doing well and things are crashing, um, who's going to buy it? And, and who's going to buy you out? Um, nobody wants to buy you out of a company that's crashing. And so, but people are always buying and selling stock. As long as the price is reasonable for wherever the company's at, you can sell it. 
even if the company's crashing and the stock's low, you can still sell it and save, get something. So, um, so um, investors really were pushing us in this direction and we took a look at it and we said, hey, this looks like a great play. And, and to be frank, uh, it's been fantastic for us. Um, there's a lot of people that step back and look at this and they go, hey, wait a second, everybody's doing brick and mortar, everybody. Right. Um, brick and mortar isn't doing so well in the real world. Um, delivery is where everything's going and these guys get it. And these guys are a little ahead of the game. And so um, we've been fortunate to enjoy um, some, some great excitement in the public markets um, based on what people see and who we are and what we're building. You know, people recognize like these guys are doing something great here and they're uh, jumping on our wagon. And so, so it's been, it's been a really great play for us. It's, it's a lot of learning. I got to be honest, the first, the latter part of last year and the first couple months of this year gave true meaning to the expression drinking water from a fire hose. But, <laughs> so, um, well, I, I got to tell you that uh, there's a lot to be said about the supply and demand, especially in California, because there's a lot of different areas that they have so much, so much uh, flour out there that they need to go and get pushed around and, and really get across what they can. I know there's a lot of wholesale cannabis now that's really uh, sprouting into business now, and that's really going up. A lot of different ways of competition, especially with the delivery system now. And I know that your company recently launched a new delivery model. You kind of prefaced to it already at the start of the uh, interview, Driven Direct, which is where you work directly with brands and retailers to deliver a broad range of cannabis products directly to consumers. And this mentioned that the structure is going to resemble that of Amazon's delivery model. So take us through Driven Direct and how it would kind of take what Amazon's delivery model is, because obviously... Amazon's kind of becoming the gold standard when it comes to delivery, and I'm waiting for some stuff to show up at my house today, as a matter of fact. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, that's funny. I am too. Uh, I'm waiting for Amazon to show up today. Well, you know, again, as I was saying earlier, what we realized is that, um, you know, there's there's definitely some novelty to going in store, especially for a lot of consumers. They're they're looking at this and like, oh, it's a little sexy. It's, it's new and exciting. I want to go check this out in a store. And gosh, you know, I haven't gotten high since I was in college or a little after college, and <laughs> you know, I don't really know what to buy. And now, you know, it used to just be, you'd have some friends that had some, you know, low quality flour that they would share with you. Now you've got chocolate bars and suppositories oh. and, you know, you've got, I mean, uh, you've got um, tinctures, you've got topicals, you've got everything you can imagine. You know, what's right for me? What should I get? What should I, what should I want? And, and how do I know if it's any good? So people, there are some people that say, look, I want to go in and just sit down and talk to somebody. And I get that. Um, but even after you go in a couple of times, the novelty starts to wear off. You're like, well, I don't want to deal with the traffic and I've been to the stores and, um, and I don't want to wait in line. And sometimes the butt tenders aren't very nice or again, you've seen a product somewhere else and you can't find it. And so there's this list of things that there's a lot of people that are, you know, starting to move in the same direction of the broader world we live in and saying, I want the convenience of delivery or you know, again, uh, about 11% of the population is disabled. So there's a lot of people that are saying, I, I, it's a lot more convenient for me to have delivery. And then there's some people that have, you know, maybe a little bit of a situation where because of their career path or because of, you know, maybe social influences, they don't want to be seen in a store and they just right. want a little more discretion. And so for a whole host of reasons, we want to offer a cleaner, safer, more trusted approach to getting delivery and offer a larger range of products uh, to make them available to people so, so that they can find the products they want instead of having maybe a thin selection that you get at a typical store. And then um, depending on the time that somebody orders, they can get it the same day or the next day. Now, 
You have said that you like to think of driven deliveries operating much like a Grubhub or Uber Eats. Full disclosure, I'm the kind of person myself that, you know, it's great doing podcasting and producing here and there, but I do like to have a couple different areas of pipelines of revenue coming in just because I'm a workaholic by, by trade and I just I can't stop from working. <laughs> Even if, if I'm running out of what I need to do in other projects, I have driven for Uber Eats and I have driven for DoorDash, which is a competitor to Grubhub. So I sure. get, uh, from a writer's perspective, I see how that works. And I've also uh, ordered from Grubhub and Uber Eats. So I understand from both directions how this works out and how people might be a little bit dissuaded from it, how it does work out. I mean, it's good service, but also it comes at a premium for both sides and to kind of keep people together. Now, one thing that you also do within Driven Deliveries, you provide vehicles, drivers, and management and consulting services, which not every company like those does that. And I know right now when you see a lot of different restaurants and, and whatnot, a lot of chains, they provide, they have delivery service provided by so many companies now. Some are four and five jam-packed. So that's important for the cannabis delivery services. What kind of best practices do you see that you've implemented? And what do you think about some of the missteps that the mainstream industry, because like I said, we got Grubhubs, we got Postmates, we got, you know, 24-7 Eat, uh, Eat 24-7. I got all these different ones that are out there and Uber Eats. And the mainstream industry has gotten to the point where there's a saturated market of competitors that I don't think could be making that much. So how is it that you correct the trend? Yeah. And so, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about is we actually have two different business verticals. Okay. So we have one that we started with that really is that Grubhub um, Uber Eats model. And so we started actually providing delivery services to the retailers and we still offer that to select partners that, that we have a good relationship with or that we feel we can work with. Um, because to be frank, some retail partners, um, just uh, aren't as organized. And so what would happen is we'd have orders come in and they'd sit for a couple hours and this is not the kind of service that we want to provide to people. And, and no. to be honest, we don't want our name associated with that. And so we've got some partners that we work with, um, um, but what we realized is there's a, there's a better way to do this. There's a bigger, uh, bigger need for consumers. And, you know, and again, whether it's convenience or um, need because they have a hard time traveling or discretion, or just a, a lack of being able to find the products they want. There's a lot of demand out there that's just not being met in the right way. And so, you know, through our experience with uh, the, the Uber Eats Grubhub model, we realized there's a great opportunity to help people in a bigger way with the Amazon model. And so, um, you know, we don't have anybody that we've identified that's doing uh, this particular model yet. Uh, we've got some groups that are doing things similar. Um, so as far as best practices and how we're leading the industry, we're really trying to do it from scratch with looking at what are the best things that are done outside of cannabis and how do we live up to those expectations? How do we look and feel? And then we've gone out, as you mentioned earlier, and sourced people that have that experience, that have proven that success and that know how to do that. You know, one thing, um, our, um, uh, our uh, Jaron from, uh, from Facebook and from Amazon um, there's a term that he learned at Amazon and it's, um, uh, it's customer obsession. Oh. And so they have a term there that they use to clarify how they should treat customers and it's customer obsession. And it's because they put so much effort into developing best practices and being the leader in providing that consumer delivery experience that they consider it an obsession. 
And so uh, we've brought pieces like that to our company from the best practices of other companies. Amazing. And I can only imagine that one thing that's got to be an issue that's got to be something that comes across that, I mean, is what the offset costs that it's going to take to put this delivery system together and how some companies will put the burden, a portion of that burden, onto the customers, which I think is, that's what Amazon's trying to avoid. Meanwhile, these other companies, they are tacking on a large fee to kind of cover the cost of what they're doing because they have possibly other areas that they deliver or they do things for, like Uber Eats, where obviously theirs is ride share as opposed to doing deliveries. It's just an offset of what they do. So if they're going to have something like this, they're going to do this offshoot, they're going to tack on a fee that the customers are going to have to take on. Uh, how do you tackle that issue? Well, we're doing that one at a time right now, one step at a time. You know, uh, we're, we're moving into a developing industry where there's no, you know, established standards. There's no established expectations. So, so we're, we're starting on a new path in a new industry. And, um, you know, we're, instead of trying to overwhelm the consumer, we're trying to create uh, as good of an experience as possible at, at, at as low of a cost as possible. So, um, you know, we're not looking at those additional fees right now. We're looking at how do we make sure the consumer has a fantastic experience. So we're here with Chris Boudreau, CEO of Driven Deliveries, Inc. Here on Blunt Business. We're going to be back with final questions in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back here on Blunt Business with Chris Boudreau, CEO of Driven Deliveries, Inc., and a little breaking news came across as I'm recording the program that just popped up, a story from U.S. News & World Report. And there is a lawsuit has been filed against the California Bureau of Cannabis Control by a coalition of 25 local governments in an effort to invalidate regulations allowing delivery of commercial cannabis statewide. 
So the Bureau says there's no immediate comment on the lawsuit's claims, but again, this is just another obstacle that comes in the way from you trying to provide service. Uh, what do you know about this, uh, the, the regulations that were put together, and can this be, will this lawsuit ever hold water? Because it sounds like, I mean, you know, I don't know if the Bureau of Cannabis, Cannabis Control is going to really have to do anything right. with this, but this sounds like it's yeah. just an obstacle in the way that that's not necessary. Yeah, no, it's a tough one for sure. So, so basically, prior legislation has said, you know, we're going to allow, and, and regulation has said, you know, we're going to allow cities to dictate, um, you know, at a municipal level, how they want to roll out their cannabis ordinances. And what's happened, though, is in the state of California, we're, we're almost a year and a half into a fully regulated recreational market that the state, you know, all constituents in the state voted for and passed. And so this is, this is something everybody should have access to. And the problem is that even at this point, only about a third of the 482 municipalities in California allow some level of cannabis. And so it, it's locked out in a lot of areas. For example, in San Diego County, uh, I think there's like 20 cities and there's only one where you can buy cannabis legally right now. And so it makes it very hard. Uh, I don't know as of recently, but I can tell you as of last fall, there was a study that came out that said that the average consumer in California had to drive something like, or no, I'm sorry, um, like 60%, 60 or 60 percent or more of Californians had to drive over like 65 miles just to be able to get access to cannabis. And so the state was looking at all this stuff and they said, okay, this isn't right. Um, because if, if, uh, if a, a municipality doesn't want to allow a store, that's okay. You know, if they don't want to have a liquor store or they don't want to have a gun shop or they don't want to have a cannabis shop in their neighborhood or in their city, we respect that. But um, they should be able to deliver uh, from another city into the consumers of that city. And in the same respect, um, you know, a city can't say, well, we're not going to allow FedEx to be delivered to our city or we're not going to allow Uber Eats to be delivered to our city. And so I think, that, I think the state made the right call. But now what you've got is you've got some cities coming back and saying, no, we, we don't want this. We want to have complete control over anything to do with cannabis in our city. And we want to be able to say that there's no delivery allowed. Uh, I'm not an, an attorney. Uh, certainly the politics on this are tough. The legal aspects are complicated. So I, I can't really speak to how it might go. But when you look at it on its face, the merits seem to be clear to me. Um, you know, is that fair that a city says to its constituents that voted for this? Well, we don't want cannabis in our neighborhood because the politicians on the board or on the uh, city council don't want it. So we're not going to let anybody in the city have it in any way possible. We're going to make people drive to other cities to get it. We won't even let them have delivery. When, when delivery is discreet, it's quiet. You know, I mean, as you can imagine, people carrying cannabis don't like to make a lot of noise because they don't want to open themselves up to robbery or theft or police issues. So they're, they're you know, pretty quiet in what we do. And so I, I, I don't know what happens is going to happen. Uh, it doesn't really affect us because most cities in California don't feel this way. But I'm hopeful that uh, if this does go to, go to court, the state of California looks at this and says, okay, hey, look, the constituents voted for this. They should at least have the right to get it in their home. Absolutely. But I, I can understand where the Cannabis Bureau, uh, the, the Bureau of Cannabis Control has to deal with a lot of things because I know for a fact also there's a lot of unlicensed companies that are trying to sell unlicensed and untested product, and they're trying to shut those companies down. Meanwhile, licensed companies right. and those that are well compliant like yours are doing the right thing. So, it you know, it's a lot of bad 
bad press out there, which just some of these companies here that are coming in that are bringing black market and still keeping it thriving, which is just unfortunate, is causing those kind of problems. But the bottom line is you're offering the chance. It's just a big market here. You're talking about 40 million residents of California that are, are you know looking to go and get themselves in for cannabis. So there's a lot of different ways to get it, and cannabis delivery is one of the most important ways, and I'm glad that someone like Driven Deliveries is out there that's doing this great work. And, you know, obviously you have a great perspective into the certain types of people that would not be able to go ahead and normally access cannabis, not just your normal adult use consumer, but those that are definitely used for radio, for music, for, um, for uh, well, medical reasons. And for yeah. those that are not able to get access to yeah. it because it's not, you know, just disabilities, you know, preclude them from doing it. So I'm really appreciative that you are able to offer that to customers that, that's out there for you, everybody. Yeah, well, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's wise and, and very well said of you is there are people, I mean, you know, I've been in this space a long time. I've seen a number of people that are in wheelchairs. Science has proven, and a lot of people don't know this, science has proven that cannabis is really uh, the best and safest painkiller that we have uh, available. The only thing that's actually a stronger painkiller, the only thing is methadone which is basically heroin. Right. Uh, it's highly addictive. It's highly toxic. It, it, if it doesn't get you addicted quickly, it'll kill you. Um, where cannabis has uh, actually some impressive efficacy and can be very healthy in a lot of ways and, and is a tremendous painkiller. And then, um, you know, there's actually a lot of oncologists these days that are recommending it because uh, not only is it healthy, but it can help spur um, some treatment of, of ancillary issues. So for example, if you're on chemo, um, not only are you very sick and you've got all this poison in you from the chemo, but you're also not hungry and your stomach aches um, and you've got all this pain. So not only does it help treat some of the health issues and help treat the pain, but it can help settle your stomach. And so um, right. there are people that, you know, crutches, wheelchairs, um, uh, other, you know, debilitating issues. And so you're right. You're right. They don't even have the convenience of access. And, and it's really sad. And so um, I'm hopeful as well. Let's continue to stay hopeful. Chris Boudreau, CEO of Driven Deliveries, Inc. Really, thank you for answering your questions for us, and I do appreciate it. By the way, Driven Deliveries, Inc., you might see other places that might have the Driven name on it, but no, you look for Driven Deliveries when you're looking for cannabis delivery services in California. That's Driven Deliveries, Inc., and the website is godriven.com if you want to find out more. So besides the website, uh, you know, what needs to be done, I guess, for those listeners that want to be a part of this? Uh, go ahead and just remind people again, I guess those in California and Nevada, how they can go ahead and get driven deliveries delivered to their home. Well, we're not quite in Nevada yet, but we should be soon, um, hopefully this month. Um, we're just waiting for something back from the state that we're expecting any day. Okay. Um, but they can go to GoDriven.com, and um, we can get them taken care of from there. Simple as that. All right, perfect. Well, again, Chris, thank you so much for being here with us here on Blunt Business. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. So, again, uh, go to GoDriven.com for more information. And information that you should know is at the infor- at where we're going to have information education coming up August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, our wonderful sponsor here on Blunt Business. Invest in your future. Leave a lasting impression on thousands of attendees. Become a sponsor or an exhibitor or a speaker and join us at the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami, Florida. Visit usccexpo.com 
To learn more, that's usccexpo.com. And that's going to do it for Blunt Business. Thanks for joining us. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.